Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your host, Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. We're glad you're joining us today. We hope you find this conversation helpful, insightful, and encouraging as you continue to lead your students in ministry. We want to remind you that we have social media. You can go to at TalkStudentMen on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and then also our website, studentministryconversations.org. So today, Brent, we're going to have a conversation with someone very special and near and dear and awesome. Um, and uh, can you tell us a little bit about that conversation? Yeah, so uh, the episode today is interviewing Russell. Uh, <laughs> we we got to interview me a couple episodes back, like 44 or something like that. Um, you can go back on our website and listen to that if you haven't had a chance. But um, one of the things that we very much agree uh, and believe from the beginning with this podcast is everyone has a voice. Um, and so that means that the biggest youth pastor has a voice, the smallest youth pastor has a voice, and even we have voices. Um, and so we wanted to throw ours in there just as guests as well. Um, and so I talked about um, encouraging and equipping, like um, you, like speaking life into students. Um, and Russell, your conversation that you wanted to do was talking about worship, um, specifically, if I'm not mistaken, building and creating worship teams. Um, and so I definitely am a student of your own expertise when it comes to that, because I totally stole everything that you do um, to kind of help establish the worship team that I have. And so I'm really interested and excited to have this conversation just for the sake of, um, I think it is a beneficial conversation for the groups that don't have a worship team. I think there are a lot of churches out there that still are like, uh, this is the one, the one thing that I really don't know how to do. Um, I can, I can get on, um, download youth ministry or grow curriculum. And like, I can find lessons if I'm not a great lesson or content creator, as far as curriculum, um, I can get online and find social media. I can get online and find games, but you really can't get online and find how to build a worship team other than get online and like play YouTube videos. Um, and so first off, um, hopefully by now people know you, but let's start with a little bit just about you, where you are currently. And maybe since this is the topic at hand, maybe throw a little bit of your worship leading experience into your introduction. Uh, I started off in youth ministry in 1993, graduated high school and went to be a summer youth worker um, and worked in some small churches in East Texas for several different years. And uh, as I continued to go, one of the things that I was passionate about that I did when I was uh, in high school uh, and growing up, I, I took piano lessons and, and uh, I loved leading worship. And so what I found is after a couple of, of different groups that I was in, someone said, hey, we need somebody to lead worship. And I was like, hey, I can bring my piano. So I remember my, my first uh, ever paid thing that I led worship for, I probably got paid 50 bucks. Um, and I dragged the keyboard down to where I was and set it up and led worship there. Um, and I quickly realized that piano was not going to be the thing that would be useful for retreats or camps or things like that. So um, I picked up guitar and learned that. Uh, continued doing youth ministry, continued leading worship teams through that and developing those contemporary worship. Um, I uh, My first job as a worship leader was in Friendswood, Texas. Uh, and I was a worship leader there for several years and built our contemporary worship services uh, and also worked with the youth worship teams uh, as well. And then I moved to Texarkana, where I continued doing 
uh, youth uh, and worship. I went there originally to do communications and worship um, and ended up uh, in youth ministry. And that opportunity came back and was a youth ministry there for, for many years and built that uh, built that youth group and built that worship team uh, there as well. Uh, and then now I have the opportunity to be a lead pastor uh, at uh, Methodist Church here in the Houston area. And um, I also continue to lead worship team and work with that. Uh, and then I'm helping someone who is building the worship team. And so it's kind of interesting uh, to not be the direct one doing that, but to giving advice and to being a sounding board. Uh, and then I continue, as as Brent knows, I continue to uh, help anybody who wants to build a worship team uh, with this youth-led worship, uh, because I think that's important. And um, it's anything I can do to, to help those. So I consult for uh, a couple of different churches and, and do things and write for blogs and things like that for worship teams. Yeah, also, not, mean, to, not, not to leave out the important, the most important things. I'm married to my beautiful wife who uh, is a chemistry teacher. I have a adopted uh, 11 year old going on 18 year old uh, redheaded child, uh, two dogs and a most recently acquired cat who rode under my car all the way from the church to my house. Uh, and if you go through all that, then we're, we're going to adopt you. So yeah, that's, that's my, it's my life in a nutshell. There you go. And for all our listeners, if you have redheaded kids, hell hath no fury, like a redheaded <laughs> child. Um, no we have you. a redhead, we have a redhead as well. And man, he runs us ragged. Um, so, but through all your time in worship leading youth ministry, pastoral ministry, um, obviously, worship has been fairly significant in your position from leading teams to building teams. Why do you think having a team led worship is so important? Um, yeah, I saw this question was one of the things that you mentioned. And you're saying team led, like just like not like one main worship leader leading. Um, uh, and, you know, one of the, the big things uh, and I'll, I'll prob- probably talk even more why you have a youth team led worship team. Um, that didn't make sense. Youth-led worship team um, is that it, it gives uh, ownership and opportunity. And so, um, if you have somebody come in and lead worship, and I did it for many years, and and uh, came in as a guest worship leader or was a hired person to come in and lead worship for a group, um, that's great. And sometimes that's your option. Like that is your that is what you have. If you want live somebody live leading worship. Um, then uh, there are many people who do that. And that is uh, an awesome thing to do. And I I don't knock that at all. Um, But I think there's something different when you can get members of your church or members of your youth group to be leading that because um, one, it's, it's the same people that they see all the time. Uh, And it gives your, your youth group an opportunity to um, step out in leadership. There are uh, those who uh, may be able to play instruments or those who can, um, you know, sing or those who can do technical things like run sound or uh, screens, or there's so many opportunities uh, when you are creating a, a, a youth-led or a church-led worship team that uh, give that opportunity uh, for students to, to step out and to lead and also to be leading their, their peers in worship. Um, and um, there's also some things that are important, I think, with planning worship and such. Like if you have somebody coming in to lead, a lot of times it's, you know, you're trying to figure out and coordinate with them and they're not there. And um, it's, you know, your themes or your ideas and stuff. And so 
as your team builds, then uh, it gives you the opportunity to uh, have a more cohesive when you're planning. Um, and I think the other thing uh, too is the songs. Like if you, uh, as your your worship team is part of your youth group, then you have kind of this collective, you know, group of songs that you're exposed to, or you all went to this one camp. Like I remember we all went to one camp, one uh, winter thing, and they sang the song, Jordan Howerton Band sang the song called River, uh, and we loved it. And so we came home and we learned that, and that was one of our songs that we actually overdid, but it was part of our collective identity. And so if you have a youth worship team, then they know those songs um, that you wouldn't have if you had somebody who you just came in, not necessarily, uh, unless they knew your group really well, that you wouldn't have. Uh, with that. So those are, those are just a few of the reasons. That's awesome. And if you have not heard river by Jordan Howerton band, you need to go listen to it. Um, he's a smaller, um, local guy. Um, but he does have music on Spotify and you need to go check that song out. Um, so on top of everything, I mean, and I think this kind of question can go twofold, maybe from an ad- leading an adult worship session, because uh, let's be honest, uh, most youth pastors have another role and um, normally it's youth in like social media or youth and worship. Um, and so you're normally falling into one of those two or maybe youth and children's God bless you. Um, but um, with that there, I believe that there are a lot of people that are like the youth and worship pastor. So I think we can talk into this from two different angles. Um, give me the rundown of how you build your team maybe from an adult perspective, but then also from a student led team perspective, how do you work to get the, I, for lack of a better word, the right pieces? Um, how do you work to get the right people in the right positions? Um, and then also, uh, I might throw in a, uh, little bit of a anchor question at the end of this, but go ahead and answer that first. Uh, how do you find the right people for the right positions when it comes to student ministry and when it comes to adult-led worship? Well, I think one of the first things that you have to do when you're developing a worship team is to, uh, one, you know, ask ask why you need that. So um, a lot of times when you're thinking about developing a worship team, you got to think about what is it the reason that you want to have that? Um, is that so that you can have a band like the church down the street has a band? Uh, is that because um, you want to... Uh, you know, take it on tour and go places? Um, or is it that you want to build a worship team that leads just in your group? Is it because you want a worship team for something that's coming up uh, maybe soon? Because it's going to be different how you build a team. If you are looking at, uh, hey, we have an event coming up and we, do, we want to build a worship team for this, or we want something to happen quickly, that's going to be different than if you are building a long-term deal. And, I, and uh, Britt knows I'm a, a baseball fan. Uh, Brent's got his, his Rangers hat there um, and uh, we won't talk about last night's game, but um, you know, if you were trying to build it quickly, then that's going to be, you know, if in baseball terms, you go out and you find your free agents and you, you know, maybe hire a few people and, and you can build something quickly uh, to be able to, to have success for a short time. Um, and uh, but if you want to build something that's going to be long-term, then that's going to the farm system. And that is going and finding students uh, who have a have some talent and uh, casting a vision for what you want the team to look like. Hey, we want to have a youth worship team that's going to lead worship for our youth group every week and is going to lead worship in our 
main ministry when we get the opportunity for Sunday mornings, uh, and we're looking to build that team. And so if you cast cast that vision, why is it important to build that team? You know, why, 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 why would somebody be a part of that? Um, what is that going to look like financially? What is that going to look like time-wise? Uh, how did those practices work in with your schedule for your youth ministry stuff? Um, do they practice on a Wednesday? Do they practice on a Sunday? Do they get together by themselves? So I think before you build a youth worship team, I think there's a lot of these questions you need to at least have in your mind. Um, you may not need to answer them all. Some of these will be answered as you go, um, but you do need to at least um, think about these uh, because, you know, if, if they're going to play on a Sunday morning, how does it affect what you do with Sunday school? Should they be in Sunday school or should they be in uh, practicing for that? Um, if they are uh, leading on a Wednesday night and they have to get there after school, how does that work? And are they excused from being part of the games and the stuff like that and a separate working with their, their stuff while you're doing the games so they're ready for when you do worship or um, so I think that is the, the basic deal. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, throw that out first, Brent, and then I want you to let you guide me and lead me again, either with the question again, or because I could go 15 different ways. And so I want to make sure I'm, um, thinking right. Sure. Well, let's let's hang on the student side for a second. Um, obviously, and this comes from my experience too. And so this is a question that I actually genuinely have. Um, you have the students that have the desire to be on the team and mm-hmm. have the ability to be on the team. And you have these students that have the ability to be on the team, but not the desire to be on the team. And then you have the ones that have the um, desire to be on the team, but no ability whatsoever. <laughs> how do you, how do you work with implementing, um, students that want to be on the worship team, but might not have the, um, abilities to do so? Like say, um, for instance, you have a singer that like really, really like wants to lead worship on the worship team, but at the end of the day, they, they just can't, they, they don't know how to carry a tune. They cannot, stay on key, um, no matter how many times they listen to the song, or maybe you have this guy that thinks he's a great drummer, but he can't keep rhythm to save his life. Um, how do you, how do you foster those relationships as well as fostering the ones that like, man, this is the best musician on our team. We can't live without this person. Um, how do you work with those relationships? Well, first thing I'll do is I'll refer you back because this is actually our second conversation we've had about youth worship teams. Um, Melissa Glaves was one of our very, very first guests. Um, But one of the things that she mentioned was, um, uh, first of all, having students uh, to record themselves as as their tryout. Uh, So do a video of themselves. Um, Hey, I'm singing this song. Have them put their headphones in and play a worship song and have them sing that. Um, and have them send that in because there's something about them hearing themselves that there is a little bit of self uh, guidance that happens um, when they hear back and they're like, okay, that didn't quite sound quite like I, I thought it did. Um, also, it shows a confidence level. Like if you're willing to take a video of yourself and send it to somebody, um, then that shows uh, initiative uh, that shows a confidence level um, that immediately shows that they can, can uh, play or not play. And it gives you something to listen back with them and go, Hey, you know, you did this here. It doesn't sound right. And helping them to hear those things. If it's a drummer, have them play along with the song. 
um, and listen and go, Hey, how did you, did you stay with it? Even if it's just tapping a beat or if it's, you know, using pencils on a drum, you know, you want to see. Uh, and so find those, uh, th- that's the easy way. And there are sometimes you have to have those conversations because the reality is, is I would rather be perceived as mean now and telling you that, Hey, you keep, you're not ready to lead than put you up in front of 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 of your student peers. Um, and we all know that there are some very, very kind junior high and senior high students, um, but there are also some very unkind. Um, and I do this with adults too. I would much rather be seen as the mean one when you come into to, uh, to try out or to practice or to, um, you know, to see if you're a fit. I would rather be the one who tells you no, not yet, than put you up in front of a bunch of people and you not do well. And then I have parents who are saying, why did you do this to my child? Um, I have leadership who's like, hey, what's going on? And you have students who are not happy. So that doesn't mean that you don't continue to work with them. Um, One of the main things that I look for is what is, there's a difference between um, being able to, uh, not having all the skills and being distracting. So uh, that's to say, if, I have a uh, a drummer who can keep a beat, but can't do eight, eights on one hand, the snare and foot, that's fine. I have a cajon, I have bongos, I have uh, several different ways that I can find something and give them and say, hey, I want you to hit on two and four. So while the drummer's playing, they go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Because what I'm doing then is they are building up their ability. And then later on, I will build on that. I'll say, hey, why don't you hit on, you know, why don't you do like this and go one, two, three, four, one, two. Well, I can transfer that to drums. Um, and it, whether if I have somebody who can play that or not. So, um, and one of the things I want to get to in just a minute is kind of the process of building that, that team uh, and what you look for as you're doing that. But um, if I have a piano player, um, I mean, I have a series of videos on uh, Instagram and I'll give you a link uh, that's, basically worship piano basics and basically is if you can know the names of the keys, you can put your thumb on whatever the note is in the key of C and play every other note. And you're playing a C chord. You put your thumb on a and play every other note. You're playing a minor chord. And so the idea is that um, I can have somebody who they might, may not be able to play like this, but on how he loves, they can go bum, bum, put the thumb on G play an F. You can actually sing along with that. Like that is something that they can go, but also in the context, if I already have a developed team, I can put them on a keyboard with a little bit of strings and pads and say, I want you to play pads. They can play one note on a, on a keyboard and you set it up right where they're, they're providing a pad. They can play one note and change it and tell them, Hey, I want you to change it on just every time this chord changes, play the different note and they can do that. Well, what they're doing then is they're developing the ability to move up. And so I look at instruments almost as a progression you start off with a, um, you know, a basic level. If it's a, just a one beat on the drum, one note on the piano. Um, if you have, uh, sometimes I think it's easier to start a student with electric guitar instead of an acoustic because acoustic requires a lot of rhythm. Electric, I would tell them, hey, learn your chords, learn your G, C, and D chords or whatever it is. Um, play on the first time that chord, just like the just like the the piano player, play on you know you don't have to go g g g g g g g g g g all you have to do is go g and let the sustain hold it 
Well, they're contributing to the band. They're learning how to change chords on time. They're learning how to figure out their fingers. They have more time to change in between those. They're still being a part. Now, if they are playing at the wrong time, wrong chord, wrong rhythm, things like that, that's being distracting. And so that's what I do want to eliminate um, and help them get to. And I, w- I will keep someone from playing because it's pulling everything off. But if they can do that and they can fit in, um, then that is definitely a way to uh, build up their those things. So, and you can do that with uh, piano, you can do it with drums, you can do it with guitar, um, bass even, you know, just, just playing one note, not a pattern, just be able to get to that one note. Um, and even vocals. Uh, a lot of times I'll start vocals in, you just sing the choruses when everybody sings a chorus. Um, so we have someone who leads the verse. You're basically a congregation member on stage with a microphone, but you just sing on the choruses, no harmony, no anything. So that helps because you can put three or four students on a microphone, one mic, put three or four students there, you know, a couple of them in there help blend that out. And so you basically have a chorus instead of someone leading, but they all always have something they can move to. Once I learn these chords, I can play piano. Once I learn these, uh, you know, cajon and easy rhythm, I can move to drums. And so you're always creating this progression. I like that a lot. I like that. I like seeing instruments as a progression instead of, Hey, Oh, you, you just aren't good enough kind of thing like that. I think that's really, really important. And I've, I definitely have seen that in a few, I mean, obviously, uh, as far as like, um, skill sets and everything, I am a drummer first and foremost, and drumming helped me learn rhythm guitar. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, it's one of those things that like, you know, I, I tried to pick up an electric guitar and I was like, "Mm -mm, this isn't rhythm. I can't (laughs) do it. Um, but I like the, I like the mindset behind, you know, find what they can do find the beginning intro way of getting them involved and getting them incorporated in worship. And then, like you said, some will still be distracting. Um, and we just, it, that's one of those things that we can't do. But, uh, I think that it is something that like you can use the skills that you have, um, and you can continue to build up from, um, what you have and what you've been um, given within the group that you're leading, Um, and so I think that's, I think that's a really, really good, um, thought. I don't think I've ever considered the music as like a progression. It's always just one of those things of like, oh, Hey, you play piano. Great. Let's put you here. Oh, you took guitar lessons. That's awesome. Like, yeah. And I think you can, you can too. Um, uh, and I'll do this with my adult teams too. If I have someone who wants to sing, uh, I will say, pick one song, work one song. Well, work on one song, go at home, listen to it. Get that one. You don't have to lead, be able to lead all six songs or worship set or whatever that is. Um, I'll have them pick one and then bring them up just for that one song. Um, and so then they'll go home and they'll work on another song. The next month they learn one more song and they come and lead that. Well, eventually they have three or four songs they can lead um, and do well. And so you're building up their confidence. And so you want to set students up for success. Um, somebody gets up there and doesn't have a good time, doesn't do well, they're not probably not gonna get up there again. But if you can create small wins for them along the way, um, and you can do that with with your instruments too. Uh, you know, I have uh, we have one uh, of our uh, students, she's actually a college student now. Um, she's learning piano uh, and um, leading leading with piano. And so I started off with "How He Loves" and uh, "Set a Fire," and these songs that are same chords. Um, 
and help them to learn those chords and then give them, she, she plays piano on those songs. I set my schedule. So that way, uh, because I'm the pastor and also leading worship when it's time for like the invitation song and I want to be down uh, front, or if it's time for communion and I want to be down front, um, she will often lead those songs and play piano. It frees me to be away, gives her one song. She doesn't worry about learning a bunch, but just one song or one chord progression. Um, and that's one thing that you can can look at. And I will share a list. I have a list somewhere of uh, songs, but look for songs with the same chord progressions uh, or similar chord progressions, because that will help too. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into building building the band. So, uh, but yeah, look for easy successes and ways to build people uh, through that. Yeah, um, and I I definitely think we're already kind of in the process of. Um, building the teams. Um, and so like, if you want to go ahead and go into that, that's totally fine. Um, but basically like the rundown of like how you work to build your team, do you have like a step-by-step method or do you have like, I mean, what do you go for certain instruments first and like have them as like the pillars and then work to build around those? Um, and then your involvement, how much do you strive to play in your team because I'm, I mean, I've been in youth ministry for 12 years. Um, and I am by far and large, the closest I've ever been to a completely student led team. And I'm still up there every single week playing rhythm guitar. Cause I don't have an acoustic guitar player. Um, yeah. and so how does that work? How do you, how do you incorporate yourself, but also how, what pillars do you start with? And then where do you go from there? Um, so I think first of all, I mean, get your goal. This also goes with your like I said, that first question about your goals. So um, if you're trying to build a completely youth-led uh, team, have that in mind and have that as a goal and try to do that as much as possible. So um, when you do have an acoustic guitar player show up and you can't, you don't have to play guitar, um, do that. But also know that on any given Wednesday or Sunday or Friday or whatever day you do your youth, you will probably have to step in. Um, we had a, a youth Sunday um, and, uh, I'm not even leading the youth worship team, but we had a, a piano player who couldn't show up. Uh, and so we had a family conflict and couldn't be there. And so, um, my, my youth band leader said, Hey, pastor Russell, what are you doing? Um, and so Sunday after Easter, I was supposed to be off and not, not, I was still there at the church, but not doing anything. Uh, and so I played and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, kind of got me back into, uh, to doing that something I enjoyed, but, when I'm building a team, one of the things that I look for is you've got to have, you got to think about like, what do people need to be able to sing along with? Uh, so the first thing you need to find is one is, is somebody to lead vocals, someone who can sing um, and piano or guitar is probably preferable. Um, it's really hard to lead uh, a worship service with just a drum set or just a bass. Um, so you only need somebody who can think of a, think of a solo act, think of, uh, Jordan Howerton doing acoustic stuff or David Crowder doing acoustic. When they, when they do an acoustic kind of solo set, Garth Brooks doing his stuff, whatever, you know, you got to have the basics you have to have is a, is a piano or a guitar and a, uh, and a vocalist, um, which you would need if the power went out, what would you have? Like, so that kind of deal. And so uh, that's where I start. Now, when I look after that, um, you, you know, when you start getting into, if you want to add some drums or anything like that, I wouldn't add a, a full drum set with just a piano. I mean, there's now everything I say, there's probably a band who does this and it works well. So this is just my thoughts. Um, 
is I would probably just go like acoustic and a djembe or cajon or something like that. It's a real easy, um, simple set. Uh, Ross King did this for years. So it was him and uh, his uh, drummer. And so they just did guitar and drums, uh, but like light, light hand drums or something like that. Um, and then you can build off that. So if you have if you're starting with guitar and you have a cajon or something, you can add piano to add a little bit to that. Um, the, uh, I would add the bass and the drums pretty close together because uh, they're kind of a unit. So uh, they just seem to work. Now, if you have one ahead of the other, that's fine. But um, probably a bass uh, guitar or a keyboard playing bass. So don't overlook that if you don't have a bass player. Uh, you may have an extra keyboard that you can set a bass sound on. Um, and you can have them, if they know how to play piano, they can play. And that's another simple way because they're playing one note at a time. Um, and so you can have bass on uh, a keyboard uh, and then kind of electric uh, kind of comes in there at the end. So you're kind of just building this, start off with a, what you would need for just one person leading worship and then build out from there. But I would start with the piano or guitar and then add you know bass and drums kind of together, uh, electric out there, uh, kind of filling in that, that spot. Um, and then it's, you know, pads, um, auxiliary percussion. You can add a bunch of different things, uh, but you, the key you want to start off with is with those, with those uh, that what you do for a solo act kind of deal. And you had like multiple questions. So your second part of that was. Yeah. So the second part of that um, with the whole building, um, I said, you know, the pillars and then like, I guess what you start with and then like, how do you work to build the rest of that around it? Um, do you, and then also like, as far as your involvement and do you have a specific oh, yeah. set to where you don't want to go? Like, like I said, I I've done acoustic guitar for pretty much my entire duration in student ministry because I don't have another acoustic guitar player. Um, yeah. And it's not that I don't like doing it, but I, I mean, I think everybody wants to have the, I guess, moment in their ministry to where like they're legitimately off stage um, and wanting to just see kind of the ministry running itself. Um, because yep. I think ultimately as youth pastors, that's our job. Our job is to have an autonomous working um, ministry to where like, if we stepped back and if we left, like the ministry would keep going. And I think that's very much the same in youth ministry. So like, how would, like, what is your involvement? Like what's your goal for involvement? Um, yeah, something to that regard. Um, so yeah, building around is like what I talked about. Like um, after you kind of build in and have those key pieces um, and you're going to have to decide like your whole youth team may be a guitar and a djembe because that's your size, that's where you are, that's your space, that's your financial uh, limitations. Um, you know, you may not have room for uh, electric and pads and somebody running tracks and things. Um but I, that's where I would expand out from. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we have found helps us, and this is a financial and a time thing, so this will not be for everybody, um, but we use the, the click tracks from uh, Loop Community and other places. And the benefit of those is, one, it tells you when to sing. It's like, you know, intro, two, three, four, and there'll be people who will fight against this, send me an email, it's fine, I don't care. Um, but I'll tell you what, what helped with us. So we had the ability to do that, um, and there's some cost in buying those if you don't create them yourselves, which is a long, arduous process. Um, but it, it, everybody's on the same page with that. So like the clicks in there, so the drummer's following those, the bass is following those, the vocals are following those. 
um, they can practice with those. Uh, and so that has been a, a game changer for us. Um, and two, you can add in those extra spots. So um, if you want a fuller sound and you don't have 15, 15 guitar players, uh, you can have your acoustic guitar player and you can put some of those other things in there. You can put some extra percussion stuff in there. Um, and so those have been very helpful. And that's another element to add though. So like I still would start off with just somebody playing, but you can have that and they can be playing with that, um, getting used to that. Uh, so, but just know that is, that is in-ear monitors. That is a whole different, uh, probably a whole different conversation, but I will tell you it's helpful. Um, but as you're, you're, you, but all those things you build out, so you can add pads, you can add um, instruments, anything somebody can do, try to find a way for them to be involved within that. Um, and so don't forget too, that we're talking about the worship team on the stage, but there's also sound. There's also screens. There's also stage decoration and setup. There's also altar decoration area. There's atmosphere. So when you think of a worship team, we automatically jump to our you know, band a lot of times, but your worship team is everybody who's involved in creating that worship space. Um, so, you know, if you're talking about a student who uh, maybe not be there yet singing, singing, maybe say, hey, I'm not going to have you sing that right yet. We're still working on that. Would you, though, lead a prayer? Would you, though, do the announcements when they come in? So um, just kind of go back on that a little bit. My involvement um, is uh, be ready to do. I'm ready on any given Sunday to pick up an acoustic or guitar or piano and lead the whole entire service myself. Uh, my goal is not to do any of that. Um, I did reach that. We did reach a point <laughs> right before, uh, it's kind of like the, the last year before the pandemic, we had, we hit that, that stride where um, I worship team went over, they went through the songs, they, they practiced them and um, they would call me if they needed me. Um, one of the things that you can help you with that is uh, when you have instrumentalists uh, encourage them to do as much as possible to learn as many instruments as possible. Once they have one down, um, if they can play acoustic, you know, encourage them to play electric. I have a, uh, here we have a guy who plays, is the youth group, he plays bass, but he also can play drums. Well, on any given Sunday, even on a morning adult Sunday, I can say, hey, could you come play drums? Don't do anything fancy, just keep a beat. Um, and so the more your instrumentalists can play multiple instruments, it sets them up better for success. I mean, it sets you up and it gives you a case where you're like, hey, I don't have a acoustic guitar player, but my, uh, my electric guitar player can play acoustic and we can do without electric. So you can kind of pare down when you need those. So, um, yes, uh, I am always available to play and I'm always teaching and doing that. But my goal was always to have a youth led and that's choosing songs. That's, um, doing those. It, it's not always possible. I got to that after five years, um, and I think you need to keep that in mind when you're building a team. Um, the ones who are going to be leading like that, unless you just have some people who just you're gifted with and just pop up, the ones who are going to be leading your youth-led worship team are probably right now in the second grade. Uh, and so that's why you know they're in the second grade, in the third grade. So be looking, even looking ahead. If you're building a, a long-term, look down to who's singing in the children's choir, who's taking piano lessons right now at third grade. Like who are those kids who are coming up um, and uh, you know, cast that vision to them, maybe not in second grade, say, do you want to be a part of this, but, but constantly be encouraging them, getting to know them uh, because they will be uh, in your 
youth group, hopefully at some point. Um, and what a way to, to bring them in. And in sixth grade, when they come for confirmation, say, hey, um, you've done a great job doing this uh, and, and singing children's choir. Would you be interested in singing with us? And so automatically they've got buy-in to your youth program. Um, so that's my, my thought on, on the involvement. Um, and one of the last things, or one of the things I want to throw in with that is building a team um, with your songs uh, that you choose. Now, it is probably... You know, you hear the latest song on on your local Christian radio station uh, or you go to a conference like we went to and and you have all these songs you want to do. And um, there are some songs that are definitely just like we talked about building a team from the ground up, build your song list from the ground up. So one of the things that I look for when I start uh, with a team are songs that are uh, repeating chords. So How He Loves is a repeating chord. Same chords over and over. C, A minor, G, F. Same thing. The chorus, the verse. Everything is the same. Um, set a fire. But I mean, there, there's a lot, lot more modern songs. I, have, I don't have a list of them. Um, but there are a lot of songs where the chord pattern is repeating over and over. The lyrics change. The rhythm changes. Um, the uh, pattern of what you sing changes. But the chords are the same. And so uh, if I can sit there with a band and go, here, learn these four chords in this pattern, we'll just practice those without the vocals at all and just practice those over and over again. Um, and we'll practice those. One of the things I like to do is to just practice the band with a chord pattern uh, and have them, uh, I kind of assign like five levels of volume. Like one is uh, quiet, completely quiet. So electric guitars maybe doing just a little bit. Acoustics playing lightly. Drums are in with a hi-hat and a snare. Um, and uh, so everybody knows kind of like if I'm one, I'm like this, I'm tight in. Um, if I'm five, I'm full out. So drums switch to a crash cymbal and a ride, uh, acoustic guitars driving uh, and, and electric guitars driving, bass is going out, keys are, are big. And so I kind of teach them that in and out and we'll do that. I'll, I'll practice and I'll be like, hey, let's play these four chords. I'll be like, all right, here or five. And they'll come all the way out. Okay, all right, one. And so what I'm teaching them is, you know, on a chorus is basically you're going to be full out uh, a lot of times bridges a lot of times uh, intros um on the verse i want you down because the most important thing is the vocals who are singing um you know first chorus even not be fully out you know be kind of down so we'll work on that range of dynamics and so what you're doing is you're teaching them the basics that can be applied no matter what song they're playing um because you can always go up there and you're creating a common language too you can be in the back of the room and go five and they're like oh yeah i need to come fully out or one or down like this. Um, so, uh, but with those repeating chord songs, uh, and there's a bunch of them, you can uh, focus more on the song, on the chords and those, and you're still giving them songs they can do. You can have a, a six song set list that are all in the same key and are repeating chord songs, which a, a group could learn very quickly. And you've also built their confidence because um, they know they can play and they're leading their, their, their students in worship. Um, they're building their repertoire. Um, they're learning common chord patterns. There's not that many chord patterns out there. Um, uh, a lot of times, the next thing I would do is uh, take a song that has four chords, uh, but the chorus has the same four chords, but they're two beats per chord instead of one. You know, so it's kind of moves a lot faster. Um, and so same chords, you're just building steps. So 
build those steps. Again, this is if you are building a team from the ground up for a long term. If you want to go fast, you got to do some different things. But that's what I always wanted to do is I want to build a team that was going to be here forever or not. Um, and and uh, as you do that, you're you're creating those steps that are repeatable. Um, so the next year when you have three seniors graduate and you have new kids coming in, even the, the team who was already there knows what you're going to do. Hey, at the beginning of the year, we're going back to these four songs or these five songs. We're changing a song out, but it's the same idea. Um, and then you're building a culture that you don't have to teach new musicians. They learn that when they come in. Um, and so those are kind of some of my basic thoughts on building, building the worship team. Um, and then uh, kind of the song things too. So yeah, no, that's that answer, awesome. answer, answers your question. Yeah, no. And uh, I think the next two questions kind of just can be boiled into one um, for the sake of time, obviously how, you kind of just addressed on this, but I want to make sure that you don't have anything else as far as that goes. Um, but I think it kind of boils into this question as well. What is the biggest challenge when building a student worship team? But then also for um, in that challenge, I would assume this is part of it is the students learning the instruments. If you don't have students that have that um, technical skill set. And so what is the biggest challenge when building a student team for worship? Um, and then um, do you regularly go teach uh, students that don't know how to play to play with your smaller incremental building? Or do you aim for the ones that already have a little bit of knowledge and then kind of develop from there? Um, again, your your goal, I think. Uh uh, it's kind of like your, your question is like, what's your favorite, what's your favorite meal and why is it tacos? Um, because you, you did kind of hit on the, on one of the biggest challenges is uh, finding those instruments. I think one of the bigger challenges or one of the biggest challenges too, is having the students who can play well, but not pouring into the students that still finding those who want to play uh, because you can rely on these and ride them all the way through and you can do great things, but you have some who they were them like, so when you find a sixth grader who comes in and you're, especially you're starting, you're building your team, the, the tendency will be to build that team and use that team all the way through until they graduate seniors. And if you're not developing anybody behind that and not looking back and remembering where this kid who now leads worship on their own started off, not being able to play four chords on a piano, but you help them do that. Um, you need to constantly be doing that because you have those who will be moving up and they'll graduate and they'll go off. And the hope is they'll graduate and go off and lead worship somewhere or be involved. Um, our conversation, my last conversation I had was uh, with Rocco and I hope you'll go back and listen to that. Um, one, one of the things that he brought up that uh, kind of hit me um, was he said, we, he wished we'd spent more time on worship. And so that's just a lesson to learn from that as we're talking about worship um, is don't let worship be just be the thing that you do as part of your night, but maybe focus in on that. Um, but he started off, uh, he had some talent and he could play um, and we continued to work and he continued to lead and gave him opportunities to move up. He now is on a worship team at his church. He leads, um, he does a lot of technical stuff, but he's also moving into leading more worship and choosing songs and doing things like that. Um, so that's your goal. And that's kind of the ultimate deal is to find some sixth grader who comes in and they end up going and leading that. But when you have that core of students, like you have five students and you know they're, they're sophomores and freshmen, and the next year they move up and they're juniors and sophomores and then they're seniors and juniors. If you're not developing anybody behind that, um, however that is, 
then when they graduate, you're stuck with no youth team and you're starting over from the beginning. So I would encourage you to only start over from the beginning once uh, and then constantly be adding uh, those in and building them. Um, So, but yes, it's always a blessing if you have someone who does have talent, they do play. Uh, A lot of times your challenge is helping them to learn how you do that with uh, praise team music, which is uh, a lot of times you have a, a kid who, hey, I know I know Chopin and Beethoven. Um, and what are these numbers and letters on this sheet? And what do you want me to do with that? So helping them to translate uh, that. What are some of the things that you use constantly in a band? Um, you know, with a piano player, it's doing inver- helping them to translate inversions and, and stuff as far as, you know, all I get is a G. Um, if you have someone who plays jazz piano, it's a whole lot easier. Um, but... Uh, so yes, if they have the talent, that's always helpful. Um, but if they have the desire, find ways to help them to see if this is something for them. Uh, so I did teach piano and guitar lessons all throughout my youth ministry when I was in youth ministry. Um, and uh, part of some of that were people who never never led with a praise team, but also uh, I had some students who I started off with third grade as third graders, um, and they ended up being in my youth group uh, praise team. Um, and I knew they had that foundation because I was helping to teach that. Um, so do you have people in your church who would help just do music lessons? Well, even if it's for free, Hey, when, Tuesday nights, we have three hours and we're doing music lessons or, um, and, and you would, you'll get to see those who are developing and having that, that taste, uh, for that. Um, and so that is a, a, a challenge is, is definitely, um, the ability, but I think you can find the ways uh, to develop those students. But I think the key part in there is making sure you're intentionally developing instead of just performing. And I know performing, worship, whatever. Um, I, I don't want to get into semantics on that, but instead of taking your band up and them leading worship and that performance aspect, that worship leading aspect, that up in front um, is great. And you need that every week if you're doing this every week, but don't forget that you still need to be working with that farm team. You still need to be developing that. Um, sometimes that if you have the ability, sometimes that's a second worship team um, that is just practicing uh, and leading every, every once in a while. Um, I have tended to do it more so uh, as part of the main worship team. Um, so one of the things that you can do, especially with the sound system, uh, uh, depending on what you have, you can put a guitar player up there who's playing guitar, who's not plugged in. Um, they're getting the experience of being up there. They're up in front. They're playing along, but they are not plugged in. Um, and so, and tell them, you know, we're not, we're not trying to pull, you know, pull a fast one on anybody. Um, you're learning. I'm not going to plug you in right now. As you get better, we will turn, you know, have you play. Um, have them learn one song, How He Loves, that you turn the volume up on them and then cheer the heck out of them when they play it and, and pour into that. Um, They've learned four chords. You teach them the four chords. They have to, have to strum them once on every one. Um, and the other songs, the volume goes back down and they can play along and they know that they're not going to be really heard. Um, vocals, like I said, the same thing. You can you can uh, put four kids on a mic and two of them can't sing and one and two of them can, but they have the desire. And you say, hey, you can be a part of the team, but you can move to your own microphone when you do this. Um, so... Uh, that's, I tend to do a lot of my developing. One, I did private lessons, um, but a lot of it was uh, having 
you know, doing that within the band. And I had students who would teach other students their instrument. Um, they'd be like, hey, you can play bass. If you can play guitar, you can play bass. Here, it's simple. And they would sit there and I would encourage them. We know some Sundays, they, they said uh, one week, they were like, hey, we want to switch up and I'll play different instruments. I said, okay, in four weeks, we'll all switch up and do different instruments. Um, you, you teach someone else your instrument in that time. Um, it's a basic song. Again, four chords, nothing hard, but they were teaching um, and a whole lot better to, for them teaching than me teaching. Um, Cause I could see that what I did worked and they were yeah. still doing that. So that's awesome. By the way, you're watching time. I, I, I made a conscious decision not to watch time. So, Oh no, um, you're fine. Um, so uh, yeah, we're, we're closing up anyways, but obviously I know you have some to throw at this and we'll be sure to throw it in the show notes as well. But do you have any resources outside of this conversation that people can lean on. Obviously you already talked about UMY lead and how we're trends uh, like moving some of those old posts over to um, our current website with the blog and podcast episodes, studentministryconversations.org. Um, but do you have any resources other than those you'd like to share? Um, or uh, do you want to just say that like this episode's up, we'll have them on the blog by now. I mean, what is, what's the goal with this? Yeah, I will. Um, I will go ahead and send links to the worship episodes that I have on you on my lead. Um, and I, I kind of did a for a couple of months. I did a series. Um, I have not updated them a lot recently, but they are still pretty prevalent. So there's probably maybe a, a website you go to that may not be there. Don't don't uh, send hate mail to the to the the blog because I'm really not updating that much. I'm trying to do all my focus on here. Um, but other than that, uh, I would go back and listen to Melissa Glaive's episode. Uh, number four or something like that. But, um, and it was the top episode. It, it stayed as the top episode for months, well beyond um, some others. Like she, she really resonated when she talked about that, but she talked about youth worship teams as well. Um, so go check that out. Uh, also uh, lots of different resources. Um, I do a lot of my chords. Uh, so song select CCLI song select. Uh, if your church hopefully has one of those to be able to do, be doing these songs, uh, we did not get into copyright. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but uh, so CCLI and Song Select has a lot of chords and stuff for music. Um, guitar, Ultimate Guitar Center, I think is, or Ultimate Guitar Tabs. Um, yeah, Ultimate Guitar Tabs uh, is just a website that people have uploaded their chords uh, that they've figured out. And it's got pop and everything, but it's got a lot of uh, worship stuff. Um, we utilize planting, planning center uh, extensively. Um, and the reason why is that uh, we use it with our youth teams even now. And so if you don't have it, um, it is a little bit of a cost, but it's not, it's not astronomical. Um, but to do orders, to do planning lists, um, to put your songs in there and have them where you don't have to, uh, you know, make copies. Uh, one of the most frustrating things, I'll, I'll tell you this is another tip for the end. Um, the more mechanical problems that you have, the more frustrating your rehearsal will be. So not dealing with instruments or, you know, ability to play or songs or anything like that. But if you don't have copies for everybody, um, if you don't, if you uh, have sound issues and problems, um, all it takes is you getting halfway through a song and having a sound problem. Somebody can't hear something. Um, let's go back to the back and figure it out. 
you when you spend three minutes trying to figure something out, it's going to take 15 minutes to get back to where you were. Um, and so when we eliminated, oh, this song's in the wrong key, we need to change it down two steps. And me having to go make a copies of the new song and bring them back, you've lost everybody. You know this from youth ministry. Like you do a game, you have a little bit of downtime. And they start playing Sweet Home Alabama and uh, Smoke on the Water on the guitars and everybody's going. It takes a long time to get them back. And, and those who are serious are getting frustrated. Um, and so it just says, so anything you can <clears throat> anything you can do to eliminate any of those distractions. So making sure your sound is set before the service starts or before your rehearsal starts. Um, everybody knows, everybody's there. Everybody knows what's going on. Um, but we have iPads and you don't have to go buy iPads. One, you can get them pretty cheap on Amazon. You don't need anything special. Uh, it actually works on uh, the other tablets too. The planning center has an app and the app is called Music Stand. And on Music Stand, it'll show your music up there. It'll show your music up there. Um, you can press a button and you can change the key uh, automatically. Uh, so that saved us a lot of time. Um, the song lists are already there. They can go and online and log in and they can listen to, you can upload your songs to there. Uh, we upload our click tracks to there. Um, and we'll send them the click tracks on, we have, our, for our Sunday service, we'll send our click tracks out on Tuesday if they're not up there already. And we tell them, listen to this by Wednesday. Tell us if you have any key problems or changes or issues. That way we are set on Thursday for our rehearsal. Translate this to your youth group time schedule. But if you're not having to change keys at your rehearsal, everybody knows what key they're going to do. If you're not having to work with sound issues, all those things help. Planning Center helps a lot uh, with that. And that would definitely be a resource um, I would look into. If you don't have that, make sure that you have copies of all your music. Everybody has the same key. Make a folder, organize it, you know, whatever you need to do um, to have that, because that would probably be one of the bigger uh, issues. Yeah. Try no. to any of, the, any of the resources, YouTube. Great. Listen to the songs. Um, I have my students uh, and my adult team. If you have a song you want to do, learn it and then bring it to us. Um, and so if they'll go in there, Hey, we want to sing the new my Jesus or whatever. I say, learn it, have it down before you come in and then bring it to us. And the band can learn it too, because then you've automatically got a song it, it cuts your time way down. Um, be ahead on your song lists. This is just a hodgepodge of, of stuff. Be ahead on your song lists. Like you don't need to be coming up with your song list the day of. Um, we would plan our song list six months out. Um, the same. I was going to say, and can, we can even I can even chime in on that one. Um, yeah. We have fifteen songs that we're playing this entire year. We have yeah. three songs per week, and we have a five week rotation to where we play the same set of three songs every five weeks. Um, yep. And so it's enough to where it's enough songs where it's like, ugh, it's the same song. Like it's, we don't have that problem, but it's all of the favorites, all of the ones that we know we can play. Um, and then we'll look at that list next year and we'll reassess that list of 15 and we'll be like, okay, all right, we've kind of beat this one with like a dead horse. I mean, we're going to take this one out. We're going to move this one in kind of thing like that. And we change it occasionally, but we have core songs that just stay in the rotation yeah. all the time. And that's what I was going to say is have also have a list of about five songs that you can do with your eyes closed. No music, no anything. Um, because power is going to go out. Um, you're going to not have a rehearsal one week. Um, something's going to happen or you're going to have the opportunity to lead somewhere. 
Um, and I go into that. And some of that is like, when you take your team to lead other places, and I can talk about that at a, at a later time. Um, but having those core songs that you know that you can do with your eyes closed in multiple keys um, that your students can do is, is a big thing because, um, you know, it, it just eliminates. And you can always just, uh, you, may, you may say something, Britt, or whoever's singing in the, in the deal, and you, you need that extra song. Um, you know, at the end, hey, we, you need an altar call song, and you know that you can do Oh, Come the Altar and How He Loves and, um, you know, all these, you know, whatever songs that you can just pull up. Hey, guys, we're going to do this. And the person doing the PowerPoint can pull it up or PowerPoint. Um, you may use PowerPoint. Don't want to knock that. PowerPoint, um, another resource you can use. That's right. Uh, Pro Presenter uh, is is uh, probably the key. But also, you don't, you don't have to have that because, I mean, I started off with the overheads on the little transparency overheads. And I've used those. In, in not too long ago, because depending on where you are, what you're doing, sometimes simplest is the best. Um, less technology is sometimes the best. So um, that is kind of where we're going to wrap up. Um, obviously, this is in um, all the show notes in, on our website, on social media, everything like that. But how can people connect with you um, if they want to reach out to you? Obviously, uh, before you go into your personals, um, you can on studentministryconversations.org. We do have a Facebook Messenger plugin, and you can talk to us directly just by clicking the little Facebook Messenger icon down in the bottom right-hand side of the website. It kind of floats over the website, so you just click it, and it'll open up a Facebook message. I don't even think you have to have Facebook to use it. Um, but feel free to shoot us a message through that. That actually goes directly to us. Um, we see that immediately. No one else runs that for us. Um, and so you can reach out to us there, but Russell, other than that, how can people con uh, connect with you? Um, yeah. RG and music on most of your socials. Um, and then you can email me, uh, rmartin at lakehoustonumc.com. Um, and I would love to connect with you. So yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, um, I'm on most social media platforms at RGM Music. Um, that's two M's, R-G-M-M-U-S-I-C. Um, you can also email me. That's probably the, the easiest way to email me too is rgmmusic at gmail.com. Um, uh, I'm pastor at Lake Houston UMC in Huffman, Texas. Um, so you can find us there. But probably the, the easiest way is either Facebook Messenger uh, to me or like Brent said to the the podcast uh, messenger site um, or because um, we both get all those conversations when they come in uh, or email or Twitter or text, or I can give you my phone number if you want um, and uh, just get a hold of me. And I'd love to talk to anybody about any of this. So Brent's laughing. See, I can, we're doing, we're doing this live thing now, Brent, so I can see all your reactions and everything. Well, that is awesome. Russell, thanks for, um, <laughs> getting on and doing your episode got to i'm glad i got to interview you seeing that you got to interview yeah. me but um so this is the end of our episode um seriously though guys if you um found this episode helpful um we'd ask that you leave a comment or a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on we would appreciate that a lot as it gives us an opportunity to climb the ladder as far as, as people seeing our podcast um getting the word out for episodes and stuff like that. Um, also, maybe you know someone that would benefit from this conversation specifically. Um, we would ask that you tag them and then also tag us at Talk Student Men um, on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. 
And then also, like we've said in the past, um, we do have opportunities where y'all can support the podcast to make it better. Um, we have merchandise on our website that you can purchase, t-shirts, um, and we are going to work on getting a few other things out, maybe some coffee mugs and hats and stuff like that as well. Um, but then also we have an opportunity to where you can support just by financially supporting us monthly. Um, and that is on our website as well. Um, and you can check that out or it should be at the bottom of your show notes as well. Um, now you kind of have next week's episode, but we're also kind of doing next week's episode together as well. What do we have in store for next week? Yeah, so uh, it's one of my favorite episodes that we do is the recap episode. Uh, and so Brent picks his three, I pick my three. Um, but uh, you probably will have seen uh, in uh, our social media, um, and I'm reminding you again that I would love to pick your episode. So what are some of the episodes that you found? If, if three of you suggest three episodes, if it's just one person suggests three, whatever, we don't care. We have 15,000 votes or we have one vote. Um, this is your chance. We'll mention those. I may not pull clips from every one of those, but we'll uh, mention those as far as your fan favorite ones too. So um, Brent will bring his three favorite episodes that he wants to highlight again. Uh, we'll talk about those and have a clip. I'll have my three that I want. Um, and then as a special bonus, um, we hope that you have sent in already uh, or you will in the next few days because we'll be recording this probably on Monday or Tuesday once this episode airs. Um, and so we will have that uh, coming for you. So I'm looking forward for the recap. Um, and Brent, do you want to tell us about things that are yeah, still coming up or are we going to do that in a special episode? That will be on promotion. Uh, so if you follow us on at Talk Student Men, we're going to be releasing a video. It's probably actually going to be out by the time that this episode airs. Um, but we, yeah, we will, uh, if you haven't seen it, check us out on social media at Talk Student Men. And we are going to have a um, kind of intro into season two because this episode officially marks our first year of episodes. We started our podcast on April 29th of 2021. And this episode comes out on April 28th of 2022. And so we are officially at our first year mark. Um, man, Russell, it's been such a ride. A lot of fun, some incredible conversations, some amazing guest hosts. Um, I, I've had a lot of fun and I'm really interested. I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little more partial to having the uh, 15,000 suggestions on their favorite episode than like the one guy giving 15,000 um, but I mean, we'll take whatever we can get. So if you did enjoy one of those episodes, please let us know. I think, uh, man, that's the thing that we want more than anything is feedback from you guys. Um, and then also the other, uh, the only other thing that I add in on that is if you haven't been a part of the conversation and you want to be a part of the conversation, we want your voice to be heard. And so you can go to studentministryconversations.org slash join and that will send a send you to a direct link to my booking schedule. Um, and we are going to start trying to book um, guests straight off of our booking calendar. And so you can get on there. You can click a date that works for you. Um, I will reach out to you via email after you select your date. Um, but then you also select your three topics that you would like to potentially talk on and we'll choose the topic that fits our schedule the best. That way we don't have five different people in a row talking about student leadership or something like that. But we try to add variety to our conversations as much as possible. That's why we ask for three. But we'd love for you to be a part of that. Um, studentministryconversations.org slash join and your voice can be on the podcast as well. 
Um, you'll also notice this is video. Uh, and so, uh, again, we talked about that. We'll, we'll have that in the promo, but you will get more video uh, podcasts coming your way. Um, and uh, some more things. I'm really excited uh, about everything coming up. But again, you probably heard all this just a few days ago when this when that dropped. But just, just a reminder as you're listening, um, new exciting things coming to this. So, well, Brent, I have to get off to more meetings and more things going on. Um, so anything else you want to close out? Well, man, we appreciate you guys listening in on the conversation, especially these as we uh, don't follow the normal script and they're a little bit more unedited than um, other conversations when we're just recording between ourselves. But um, we do appreciate you being a listener to this podcast. We do appreciate all the hours um, that you guys put into being a part of our community. Um, We appreciate it. We want to hear from you. um, But until next time, we will see you guys later. Take care.